Let's get ready to rumble. Get ready, get steady, and rumble. Hello and welcome to The Cop On, where we make sense of things you probably don't care about with a hefty side of lukewarm social critique. I'm Ash, and as it's superstitious to have an intro, I don't have an intro. I'm Julia, and if you say my name three times in a mirror, I'll come. I'm Lucy, and these days, if you follow a rainbow to the end, you'll find corporate sponsors who used to hate gay people. So true. <laughs> and that's that on that. Um, welcome to this week. Thank you for joining us and tuning in. Uh, this week, I think our episode is going to be released on Friday the 13th. Spooky fingers. Um, so we've decided to dedicate this episode to all things superstitious if you couldn't have guessed from our um lovely intros but before we go into that how are you guys what have you been up to nothing at all that's a lie actually i've been off this week it's been nice (laughs) so i spent a lot of it just glued to my computer and watching the american u.s elections yes i am fine I honestly don't have any news. Okay, are you being held hostage? <laughs> I had my first I had my first like cervical check this week and that's the only news I have and I don't think it's podcast appropriate. Although, you know sometimes when like you're in bed and someone leaves the back door open and you're like, "Woo, air should not be coming from there." It's a bit like that. <laughs> to summarize. <laughs> close the close the back door but the back door is your cervix. Yeah, yeah, it's like wafty when they open you I'm up. just like I you know it's one of those kind of body parts where you're like I know that's not supposed to be like this do you know like you can feel when your cervix is opened you're like I know that isn't supposed to be open you can feel through your body's like close it <laughs> your first instinct <laughs> of your body goes Clo- close it right now <laughs> so I know how I said it wasn't podcast appropriate and then I explained it but I feel like it was vague enough that maybe it wasn't about my cervix it, it was <laughs> Also, if you look at, back at the catalog of episodes that we have, I think this is one of the more tame things that we've spoken about. Yeah, I feel like it's one of those things where every woman has to do it, and yet we speak about it so infrequently that it's like I know a lot of women who are terrified of it. I'm like, don't be terrified of it. It's definitely like a little bit uncomfortable, and it's mostly just a feeling that you don't experience very frequently. And then I was like, mm-hmm. oh, it's over. It's fine. You know, it's fine. I go about my day. You cr- you're like, oh, you're a tiny bit crampy, but you're fine. You know that you've done what the responsible thing. And then you're going to be told you have HPV because you're a 25 year old woman. That's just how it works. <laughs> Can't wait. feel good. <laughs> yeah. Happy Friday 13th. Uh, <laughs> we hope you enjoy yeah. this part. Especially with lockdown too. I was a bit like, yeah, touch it. That's fine. I don't have anyone else touching it. <laughs> Nothing else is happening. That's fair. Yeah, I was like, I don't mind this. I was like, can you can you whisper things to me at the same time? Can you just reach around the front and just, you know? <laughs> just really want to get my money's worth. So you're banned from the doctor? <laughs> yeah, so I need to find a new GP. Get in contact with me at... <laughs> um, you've had a very jam-packed week. I'm, I'm the same. I've been doing nothing. It's lockdown i'm staying in my house um also just casually refreshing cnn for the last few days um i've now developed crushes on news anchors that i never knew existed which is great fun um also thought my appendix was gonna burst at one point on last week so 
Why did you it's have been like all jolly fun things here? Do you have like a tiny little so cramp I, in your side, and then you went straight away? Yeah, yeah I I lived with you so, so I, in the past, so I know. I <laughs> I'm a big hypochondriac, um, and I woke up and I had this like really dull ache, but it was like it was persistent for like an hour and a half, and it wasn't going away. And then I was like looking up, oh, what does the pain feel like? Because apparently, oh, it's only in like half the cases that the pain travels like from the belly button to like really bad down here. Um, so there's some people who don't get these symptoms. So I was like, oh, maybe that's me. I'm definitely one of those people. Uh, and then they were saying like, oh, if you can't jump, then it's your appendix. So I was there just like jumping around the bedroom and my boyfriend was like, what the fuck are you doing? And I was like, I'm trying to see if it's my appendix or not. Uh, took my temperature, it was all fine. And then maybe like three hours later, I was good and good. It just kind of went away. So it was not my appendix, but that was a fun Monday. We probably just do This is all I tummy. have now. Yeah, I think I just needed a fart. <laughs> All I have are my <laughs> my myriad health concerns. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Nothing else to keep me occupied. It gets boring in lockdown, but we're halfway through, I think. Yeah, we're so. nearly halfway through. Me and Julia have yeah. two different techniques. Julia shaking her head. Me and Julia have two different techniques where I've been rounding up because I'm like, well, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday aren't even real days because you'd be working through them. <laughs> and Julia and Julia's like, no, that doesn't work. And I was like, and also that weekend doesn't count because like, you know, that lockdown's really over. So like, we're not going to count that. Mm-hmm. And this is what's been getting me through. I'm like, there's like a week and a half left. <laughs> and Julia's like, there's like a full month, you psycho. <laughs> <laughs> that's because as we discussed we come from it from different things whereas in my head i had started being in a similar mindset of being like oh we've only like we've already done two weeks and i've left my like my strength training has just gone out the window because the gyms are closed and then i was like oh no there's another like month so i really should get back into strength training otherwise it'll be like a full six weeks before i've done anything and i've turned into um a very like like not gym rat gym rat's not the, the right term but basically I've gotten very if you don't follow like any fitness people I follow Whitney Simmons who's a fabulous human being and she comes at me- like strength training from mental health perspective she's fab but she <laughs> launched a collection with Jim Shark and it was her second launch she did one last year and it sold out within minutes and I sat there like counting the minutes up until 7pm for when it would launch with a list of four items that I was definitely wanting to get and then an extra four just in case I missed out one of the items and like the whole thing sold out at I think well not the whole thing but like everything was practically gone but like four minutes past seven and I'm dropped more money than I should have and I was like I've never been the person to like care about an influencer and like products that they will sell but that's what lockdown has done to me so I now own many Gymshark items (laughs) and they're such good quality so I'm real happy about it so on that note of our coping mechanisms of how to get through lockdown other coping mechanisms superstitions yes yeah, that's a that's a segue. That is Ooh, a segue. Like that, that was a segue and a half. That was a great one. Yeah. yeah. Um, so basically for this episode, we're going to give you a rough introduction to superstitions. Go through some that our families have believed in over the years, some more general ones. And then our lovely listeners have also sent us in some of their weird and wonderful um, superstitions. So we'll have a look into those too. Uh, I guess basically to, to start off... Um, a brief look at the science of superstitions. So, you know, although there's no single definition of superstition, it generally means a belief in supernatural forces such as faith, the desire to influence unpredictable factors and a need to resolve uncertainty. Um, In this way, then, individual beliefs and experiences drive superstitions, which explains why they're generally irrational and often defy current scientific wisdom. Um, 
how do you guys feel on superstitions? Do you believe in them? Are you superstitious? Not really. Sometimes I err towards the side of, like, I know a lot of really superstitious people. And sometimes I err towards the side of kind of just doing what they do just in case. Like Pascal's wager in philosophy where it's like, well, if it is true, there's no harm in doing it. Like, touch wood and stuff. You know, if you're like, I will touch wood if I'm talking with someone really close to me dying, just in case that's true. But people who aren't really close to me, they can die. Do you know? So that's kind of my, that's my um, thing on it. I don't pick up pennies because, ew, there's a pandemic. Don't pick up pennies. Um, I'm genuinely not that superstitious. I have had some bad Fridays the 13th. I've had some good ones. So also, I'm maybe it's because I'm such an unlucky person. I've never needed super like when I did superstitions, I was still unlucky. So I think I defy them with my incredible bad luck. I didn't think I was that superstitious. <laughs> and then I was doing research. <laughs> Which is what happens in every episode. I'm like, this thing does not apply to me. Does the research. And I'm like, I see myself in all of this. I'm not mm, superstitious. The touch wood stuff is so ingrained in me because my mother like mm-hmm. will yell at you to do it. Um, And I'm similar with touch wood. I'm like, I could touch wood and like, maybe this does help. Maybe it doesn't. But like, it doesn't matter if it doesn't help. At least I've done it. You know, yeah. that kind of thing. Um, I was big when I was a younger in like jinxing and like that you say something and therefore it wouldn't come true. That kind of stuff. Yeah, that's yeah. actually sorry. Now that you said that, relatable. When you, when I was younger, I'd be like, "Don't say it out loud." Or like, you know, when you wouldn't say someone's name that you fancied out loud until you were like certain you fancied them, just in case. Yeah. Oh, I but I do this now is I don't tell people about people that I'm like seeing or talking to until I'm like, no, this is like potential because <laughs> just like every time like something seemed good and then I told like a friend it would fall apart and I'm just kind of like, okay, I'm just gonna keep this to myself until it's worth saying. Do the th- two things correlate? Probably not, but it's just easier for me to believe that it's not my fault that these things aren't working out. It's the, yeah. the fault of the fates. <laughs> That's pretty superstitious. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I think it's more so I'm just kind of like, I don't want to have to be like, this thing is happening and then I have to be like, this thing is over. Yeah, fair. Like, I have to talk about it so many times. But otherwise, yeah. I didn't really grow up in that superstitious a family. Well, we didn't have a lot of superstitions. The ones we do have ruled with. I, I was reading through your ones and I was like, I'm obsessed with your dad's sports ones. Like, I can't wait for you to discuss these because I need to know more. Like, these are these are pure, like, personal superstitions. They are amazing. Um, yeah, my family wasn't super superstitious. I think more so my dad's side of the family um, and my, like, older sister would be, but not really. Though I would blindly follow them sometimes. Just, like, as you said, in the off chance that maybe this is correct so I mean what's the harm in actually doing it um and then sometimes I, I like again with like touch wood or um the one with like not walking on four shores which is baffling um this makes no sense but whenever whenever I would wouldn't do it then there'd be like a little part of me that was like oh have you just fucked up by not doing it like uh, like what if this is real maybe maybe you should just go back there and do this thing um but I wouldn't I don't think I'd like definitely believe in them the magpie one though i don't know in recent years i've gotten more into saluting magpies and like they kind of scare me when me i don't too. i'm afraid they're gonna follow me if i don't salute them like it's it's turning into a fear. oh you're afraid of birds though <laughs> yes i don't want to anger your fear them. of birds does not help that no yeah not at all i'm not no the magpie thing i'm i just i like magpies and i like crows and i just want to figure out how to be friends with them <laughs> that's the thing i think that's what saluting the magpie kind of is for me for me i'm like 
you know when you see someone walking alone and you're more inclined to like smile at them or say hello so when I see the magpie on his own I'm like hell yeah and like I don't always actively wave I'll usually do like a one finger like a yeah how's it going buddy or I'll think about him in my head and have a good look at him and I think that counts too no that's kind of sweet just in with the magpie I'm like just in case just in case I think all of them because they do there's something about yeah there's something about magpies where you do believe it it's because there's the big list like one for sorrow two for joy three for a girl four for a boy and you're like jeez that's a big long list no that's a lot of things so it's a pretty in-depth superstition exactly they have to go like through a lot of time and count up to like how many of them there is and make up something for it so you know though I've never seen I think I usually I think the most I've seen is three I've never seen more than three magpies together. So I don't know. I think they're lying because... Me neither. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Have you seen like... Oh, no, I've seen big gangs of them. We've loads in our garden here. Yeah, gangs of magpies. <laughs> to the collective yeah. name. Gang of, a gang of magpies. <laughs> what is the collective name uh, for, for magpies? magpies? Is it... Uh, that's so such a niche question to ask as if we'll know that. A... I don't know. You're smart women. A Maybe you have that information on hand. A, 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 a gaggle, a, a, a gaggle of geese, isn't it? Group of magpies. Maybe it's a a look of magpies. Um, it's called a parliament. Oh, <gasps> that's so glamorous, isn't it? Yeah, there is. Well, there are several names, but perhaps the most descriptive is a yeah. parliament of magpies. Parliament. I like parliament. Yeah. I have here a tiding, a charm, or a gulp. But parliament. <gasps> a gulp is cute. <laughs> a gulp. Um, <laughs> What do you a think the of collective guys. noun of podcasters is? A bollocks of podcasters. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a shower of cunts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I would agree. Um, but I guess, like, you know, as we said with our uh, experiences of superstitions, that it's usually that kind of like, oh, maybe I'll just do this just in case, because it does kind of give people this sense of control and like can reduce your anxiety um and kind of like as you were saying julia it it kind of like just takes the pressure off you like it's not my fault if these things don't work out you know it's i've I've put it in the hands of faith or energy or what we believe in um so that's where it's going to come from um do you find in general like i find in general that people who are super very superstitious aren't really keen on accountability in their lives <laughs> like have you noticed that before no I, I know a few people and all of them like genuinely all of them aren't the first people to be super accountable and are more likely to blame things like fate destiny etc like my mom would be a bit like that's how things are and she's not incredibly superstitious but she does believe in a few of them do you know what I mean I don't, in my personal experience that hasn't been true it hasn't been true but I can see how those two things would correlate <laughs> I think the, like as you're saying it is kind of like a coping mechanism well I mm-hmm. did what I could even if they didn't and they're like well this is you know it, I blame the I blame destiny yeah it's not what I did that made this happen it's the man yeah, yeah, yeah. it's yeah. the gods <laughs> I mean, they do be fucking around with us a lot. So, I mean, those no smoke without fire. Around. Okay, so let's get into our family superstitions because I think this is where things are going to get a bit interesting. Um, for me personally, I mean, there's always those kind of mm, not 
normal. But there's those common Irish ones, you know, knock on wood, you know, shoes on the new table, throw my salt and all that stuff. Um, but my sister constantly drilled into us that if you have a new bag or a purse or if you're gifting one to someone, you have to put money inside it. Because if you don't, you're giving that person bad money look. Um, or you're giving yourself bad money look and if you have a coin in it when you get it then you'll always be rich which is a fucking lie because she gave me purses with money in them and I'm dirt poor (laughs) (laughs) so I'm not so sold on that one but she was like really into this like if you had a purse and you just like left it there and you were like oh I got this new purse in River Island when we used to like get new one every month um she would like rip it out of your hands and try and find a coin somewhere and put it in there. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> okay. I, I really like, I like that one a lot. That's actually like quite a sweet sentiment to want people around you to have money. It is. Yeah, I'm a fan of it. It's a nice one. Um, It's similar to, there's like a, well, that's um, in Latin America. It's where you should never put your purse or like your bag on the ground. And then otherwise money will like run out of your bag. So you should always like have it hung up somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, and look, I've not done the science, <laughs> but since reading about it, I've kept my like purse elevated <laughs> and I have had more money. Maybe I'm better at spending. <laughs> it's not a lot more money, but I'm willing to say that it's the gods. I, never... like, I, like, I have a superstition oh. where if I hide my debit card, I will get lots of money. And yes, I do, because I don't know where it is and I can't spend anything. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> that's, fun. that's a good superstition to have. I, d- I never put my bag on the ground because it's usually a tote bag and then things will get wet. <laughs> that's true. Oh, I mean, so. in your house. Like, oh. not on the ground outside. Intriguing. Like, you- keeping your bag on the ground. So now I have hooks now that I hang up all my stuff with. That's an interesting oh, one. That is. Um, I also have a lot of spider ones that these weren't so more so from my from my family these are more so like my friends but my mom my mom did believe in the rain one so apparently if you kill a spider it's going to rain and this was a big thing like my mom wouldn't let us kill spiders in the house and i had friends who were like very adamant about this as well like do not kill the spider or you're going to ruin the weather which makes i can't find an origin for this i have no idea why it was just like don't be killing those spiders because it will rain um, and also, if a money spider runs across you, then you're going to get lots of money. I have a lot of money ones as well. Um, but I don't really know what a money spider looks like. So I think for us, it was more like if any spider runs across you, don't kill it because it will rain. But you're going to get some money. <laughs> I think money. Are, are money spiders the red ones? ones? Oh, yeah. So I straight away, so. me and Julia have two different things, ideas of what they are. I thought they were like the baby spiders. I have no idea. Because I just know that we used to call the red spiders bloodsuckers. Yeah. Because they were red. And then, but other people had a different word for them. So I don't know if that they were money spiders. Money spiders or are the really small ones. I was correct. Just really, really small. Yeah. You know, they, yeah. they look like baby spiders. So, and I think sometimes that oh, added to the superstition so where you're like, you don't kill a baby. Yeah. Um, I did find that apparently the superstition arises from an old saying that if money spider is seen running on you, it has come to spin you new clothes, meaning financial good hmm. fortune, which is kind of sweet, but... It I is really sweet, but like, I don't know if they'd be the most durable clothes if they're made from spider web. <laughs> and then I think our, my last one that I really believed in, and I still kind of to this day believe in, um, and one of our, like, uh, I asked, we asked a poll on Instagram, um, someone replied to it saying this as well, that, you know, those, I call them foreshores, 
but you know like the metal grates on the ground and you, they can, can come in mm. like twos or threes or fours but if there's four of them you can't walk across it otherwise you'll bring super bad luck to your entire family and this all stemmed from this new girl joined our secondary school and we became friends with her and we decided to just like walk around and she was like oh no you can't walk on those and i was like well why it's bad luck why is it bad luck i don't know but it just is bad luck and I never walked on them ever again. And even still to this day, I still sometimes get very iffy if I have to walk over them. I always try to walk around them. I will tell other people to walk around them. There's literally no basis. I don't know why she said this or made this up, but that's how I go now. I can't walk on these. Are, are you talking about the, the things where like there's like a grate and then it, there'd be a quite a drop underneath? No, they're like, uh, you know, if you open them up and like they can have like electricity under them or water. Or, like Oh, yes, ones. yes, yes. No, you can't see underneath them. They're just brown. So I don't know. Yes. <laughs> it makes no sense. Like, it's not like, oh, in the olden days, they were un- like they were not secure. So people fell through them. It's none of that. It's just they'll bring you bad luck if there's four of them when you walk on it. Makes no sense but I wholeheartedly believe in it. That's fair. Um, In terms of my family. So yeah, my family, there's not a whole lot of them. I was talking to my cousins who reached out and there was the usual sort of like salt over the shoulder, magpies, that kind of thing from like the wider family. But my immediate family, um, my mother is a fiend for touch wood. You say anything that could pot- like potentially make something not happen, you have to touch wood she has to touch wood. Anyone in the vicinity that she's talking to, she'll like make you touch wood um, and is just big on the whole jinxing thing. There's also one thing and I asked her for more information and she didn't really have any. But one day I was cutting a baguette in the house and I had flipped it on its like on the back so that I could like cut it because if you cut like it upside down, it doesn't crumble as much. And I want I think I was making something in which I wanted as much of the baguette form a mom saw me and yelled at me I was like no you never cut like the bread upside down it's bad luck blah blah, blah. and then I asked her about it when I uh, I saw her recently and oh, what does she say she thinks it's something to do with death but she doesn't really know but she just knows that that's you're not supposed to and then she was also in a more practical sense of being like you know <laughs> bread has a sense <laughs> has an orientation and you must stick with the orientation that it has you wouldn't put a cake upside down so why would you put bread upside down and I was like fair Isabel can't argue with that logic bread has an orientation I kind of like that I like the respect of the bread soul that it was very much like you treat the bread with respect you don't put it upside yeah. down um then there was my sister so my sister's nuts that may have mentioned this before but I had forgotten about this until we were doing this but Lulu hi Lulu you don't listen to this um was basically grew up being like I have the kiss of life and the kiss of death and this stemmed from we had an old tv that used to be frequently on the fritz and we would never be able to turn it on like it just wouldn't turn on and Lulu if Lulu kissed it and then turned it on it would always work um so she believes (laughs) to this day that she is the kiss of life and also the ability to like kiss you and that you die and has threatened me with that version of it multiple times because why wouldn't she um and then the yeah pièce de résistance is my father and sport so my dad is like the most logical science-based human i have ever met in my entire life like he is the complete opposite of my mom everything is in reason he's a very calm and reasonable human until it comes to sports and sporting events so um with mainly football matches 
he went through a phase sorry didn't go through a phase still has this belief that if he doesn't want if like so he he follows Celtic Celtic is his big team and if he's watching a match that Celtic are playing and they're doing badly he turns off the TV and doesn't watch it because he believes that that will turn things around and I asked him for details and he gave me a very specific story I think it's from like the 1990s I don't remember but it's a while ago anyway where he was watching Celtic playing Juventus and uh, Celtic were not doing well it was going very badly and so he was like well fuck this I'm not I was watching it so he turned off the TV and he was like ooh gonna get some brownie points with the wife for not watching the football uh, and then he's like out of curiosity a couple like a half an hour later he's like I'll just check and see what's happening turn on the TV to watch Henrik Larsson who was playing for Celtic score a goal that brought the game to an equaliser and so he immediately turned it back off it was almost the end of the game and he was like oh my god like they're gonna win and then he waited until he thought that the match should have been over then turned it back on but there had been seven minutes of extra time and in like the last 10 seconds that he was watching and that was left of the match, Juventus scored another goal, which I think either equalized it or like brought them up to win again. And so like fucked Celtics chances or whatever, blah, blah, blah. And so dad, to this day, with a straight face was like, that wouldn't have happened if I hadn't turned the TV <laughs> back on. Um, So that, I, I have so many it. memories of dad turning off the TV during matches of being like, we can't watch it. The better one is his whole superstition about Dublin Ga. Um, so dad has a very specific set of rules for who is allowed to watch Dublin Ga, specifically for like the finals. Um, Tom, he brought Tom to one match and Dublin lost very badly to Kerry. So Tom was no longer allowed to partake in any Ga viewing. Not that Tom cares. Tom is my brother. Tom doesn't give a shit. He doesn't care about sport. Um... When it comes, because he was working, he used to get tickets for the final a lot. And so he would bring like a, another person. So mom is good luck. She can go. That's totally fine. I was good luck. I'm good luck because no, any Dublin final that I have watched in its entirety, they've either drawn or they've won. So now I'll get a text from dad when it's like the Dublin final being like, where are you watching it? What are your plans? <laughs> like You better be watching it. Uh, I think my uncle Matthew is 50-50. Sometimes he's been good luck. Sometimes he's been bad luck. But specifically, if he's watching the match at home, and so this is a final, usually, dad has to be in the sitting room watching it on TV. Mom has to be upstairs in their bedroom listening to it on the radio. And that is like the sweet spot. And this is, and mom buys into this as well. Mom's like, I'll be upstairs. And dad's like, thank you. <laughs> oh my God. That's amazing. I'm also like picturing your dad having like an Excel sheet of like everyone's names in the family and then like how lucky or lucky they are and he's just like going down and he's like who will I invite this time okay we'll go with this person I like it That's better amazing. as one of those string boards that the FBI have <laughs> yeah. I also either I love, like a possibility I genuinely love the image of your mum sitting on the bed bored out of her mind listening to a 90 minute or longer match on the radio she's not bored she's like because she she's just like she's so amped up for it she's like this is my role in this like she Aww. takes it so seriously as well because she's like I do this for my husband it's so funny and then I asked dad and I was like like why did you do this like and he's again he's a very reasonable man so he was like you have you invest so much of your time like dad can tell you dates from matches from like decades ago where he's like this was the score these are who scored it and on this day blah 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 he's so invested in sport and he's like, you invest so much of yourself in it and you have absolutely no control. So you create these like weird rituals <laughs> and stuff like that to sort of make you feel like you're somehow part of this mm -hmm. and like you're the reason that this happened. But he, he simultaneously is like, I know that this is all superstitious stuff, but he's also like, but I will forever do it. Like, oh, and I'll watch any match that Dublin are in the final now because like if I don't, 
and they lose dad'll kill me <laughs> you like a text from your dad and you're like fuck this is it <laughs> exactly i feel my family's so basic all of mine are super basic ones but i feel like we kind of like invest in in more in some a little bit more than others i know that one my mum was really weird about was the no shoes on the table that was the one where and like when you'd be young and you come back with a nice pair, new pair of shoes you'd want to get them out on the table and my mum go no and she'd like hiss them out of your hands and you'd be like oh um, so I did a little bit of research into shoes on the table because it's such a common one. It seems to be directly from the UK. Um, and the reason why it's bad luck is that it signifies that you've either bought new shoes for a funeral or that a family member, uh, a family relative has died and you received their shoes. So it's, a, it's, you know, the reason why is that it's a death in the family. So I understand my mum being like, I don't want to risk a death in the family. I'm like, yeah. totally fair. But it's like comes from such a specific time when you only had new shoes for a funeral. Um, but yeah, I still don't like now I don't put new shoes on the table and even in the box. And I was like, oh, I know my mum was really intense about it. She's like not in the box either. Oh, OK. So I thought it was OK in the box because they weren't actually touching I the think table. It, I think for most people, it's OK in the box. My mum was like, not in the box, not in a bag, not on the table. <laughs> Jesus. She doesn't have any more shoes in the house. I know, but like, this is when we were younger. She doesn't anymore now at all. Like, she would have new shoes on the table, not a bother. But, um, yeah, at the time, definitely. She'd be like, get them off. I just want to show dad my shoes. <laughs> and is it is it only new shoes or is it all shoes? Uh, only new shoes, but then from time new. to time. New, but I think my mum also doesn't like us making a mess. So if we put old shoes on the table, she'd be like, eh, not those either. <laughs> yeah, I think that was my parents as well, that it was like, don't put your dirty old shoes on the table because people fucking eat off this. But also don't put new shoes on the table because you'll kill your granny. Yeah, that's yeah, both. You just shoes don't wear them. That's the I think that's no. the easiest thing to do. Don't wear shoes. Um, my family were big on the itchy facial part. You will do X. We were the huge. I'm trying to cover all bases here. So itchy nose will have a fight was our big one. And I think it caused fights. <laughs> because me and my sister would be in the car and I'd be like itchy nose and I'd be like you'd have a fight and then you'd kind of have that omen where you're like I had better have a fight now that I've had an itchy nose and announced it so then you'd, we'd have a fight we'd have a huge argument and my mum would very legitimately rather than being like so how are we going to find a resolution she'd just go you did have an itchy nose <laughs> nothing would be solved we'd all just go okay better hope I don't get an itchy nose next time you know so we were li- like that. Um, it's hard to find kind of the origins of it online. Some people in the US say, scratch your nose, you'll kiss a fool. So it seems that there'd be like, a, there's like kind of a new, like the nose thing is a thing where people think itchy nose means something. Realistically, it just means that your nose has been exposed to a, to a stimuli, which has mildly irritated it. Um, <laughs> if so we're being honest here. Sexy. A fight, yeah. Um, but I kind of liked having that as an excuse for fights. It's not healthy, but it was something. We were also big on if the bird shites on you, it's good luck. Um, birds are seen as super magical in general. So that's kind of where it comes from. Like That's why people are so obsessed with magpies too. Magpies are considered the most magical of the birds. Birds are already magical. I think it's because we see them as like, a, like, you know, like phoenix and stuff. Like It's because birds are like, they are kind of magical. I know that flying hasn't like, has an easy to explain explanation. But still mad like pretty still... magical yeah it is what cool fuckers and the egg thing birds are crazy 
And the magnetic north thing? Yeah, birds are crazy. Ooh. They're so magic. Anyway, but a bird shining on you has to be as easy as you're trying to see the good in the bad. Like, there has to be a positive outcome to something so negative as being shit on from above. So that's <laughs> all that is. Have you ever been shit on by a bird? Yes. yes. Do you know what happened to me? This is the worst bird shy story. I was, it was like one of my, maybe it was like my 11th or 12th birthday. I was on crutches because I had sprained my ankle. Birds like shiny things. And I was shat on on my birthday in front of my friends because I had on crutches. And so obviously if a bird shits on you and you're on crutches, you can't even do anything. And also, why do people do? And I know I'm not the only one who says this. You know when a bird shits on you and you put your hand directly into it because you have to make sure you, you check it's bird shit. So you go like this. You put your hand into the shit. There's shit all over your hand. And you go, great. I have instantly made this worse. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, my God. But I think Poor I'm not the Lucy. only person who's put my hand in the bird shit. Oh, I know no, everybody I... does it. I, I did it. I remember oh, yeah. I was in primary school and I was out on the yard and when we were on the yard you're not allowed into the main building. Um you have to stay on the yard. But a bird shit like right here, like on the top of my head. Oh and no. I was like, no and I was only like seven or eight and so I ran up and then my principal was on the door, like a fucking bouncer. And I was like, I need to go to the bathroom. And he's like, no, you're not allowed. And I was like, no, please, I need to go to the bathroom. And all the while I've got like my hand over my head so people can't see that I've got bird shit all in my air. <laughs> and he like wouldn't let me in for ages. And I just had to be like, a bird pooed in my head. And then he laughed so hard. And he has opened the door laughing to me. And I could go in and try and wash my hair. And a teacher had to come in and help me wash my hair. <laughs> I was ah, traumatized. Oh. <laughs> Is this why you hate birds? I don't birds? think I've ever been shit on by a bird. Yes, and principles. <laughs> Oh, fair. Ju- Wait, Judy, you've <laughs> never been shit on by a bird. What? No, don't think so. No memory of it. It's happened to me like multiple times. <laughs> you are I'm very just that person. unlucky. Yeah, you are just very lucky. Um, I think it's my low center of gravity as well. Birds are like, she's a good turd. She's she moves slow. They're like, get her. She's well balanced. She's not going to fall over if we shit on her. Um, yeah. So bird shites. Um, if you spill and someone sent this in to me too so I do feel like this might be a little bit more to do with the northern part of the country correct me if you think I'm wrong here uh, if you spill salt you have to chuck it over your shoulder I know this is the, okay it is very this is super Irish like I know other countries say it but this is like the one that all Irish people kind of know so mm-hmm. it's basically just if you spill sh- salt you have to pick up a bit and throw it over your shoulder it's also just dangerous because if there's someone behind you you get salt in their eyes but i'm not sure if people think about this the devil is supposed to live behind it's your left shoulder so you're supposed to like oh it's supposed to be your left shoulder specifically i think we used to just yeah. fuck it over ourselves <laughs> it also has roots in roman belief mm. oh but we'll talk romans, about that later romans were stone mad for salt in general um yeah my granny would have been a big one for that she'd be like throw the salt and you'd be like oh please granny and she'd be like do it and you'd be like fine um, she also said, and this is from, uh, I know what this is from, but still, step on a crack, break your mother's back, which is very dark. So we'd be like little kids walking down the road, and we'd step on a crack, and she'd be like, uh-uh, step on a crack, break your mother's back, and we'd be like, Granny, please. Um, <laughs> so you'd have to step over cracks. Um, according to stuff you should know, cracks were believed to signify a gap between this reality and other realities, and interacting with these cracks in any way could mean harm to your family. Mm. isn't that very intriguing and scary now i'm gonna be like you know now there's a crack anywhere i'm like nope i'm not falling into the netherlands 
<laughs> into the Netherlands. <laughs> <laughs> the Dutch. It's the Dutch. <laughs> Into the Netherlands. <laughs> and I literally, as soon as it came out of my mouth, I was like, that is not what I meant. The Netherlands are a lovely country. <laughs> oh. But I was very confused as a kid because I remember sort of like hearing it, like stepping a crack break your mother's back. And I was like, mm, don't want to do that. I like my ma. And then not, not understanding. I was like, but when they say crack, do they mean like a crack within the pavement that shouldn't be there? Or are we also counting... Like the cracks in between each you're slab. You're counting the and cracks no in one... between slabs. That's what you. So that's what I always aired on that side of things because <laughs> it's like I don't want to. I think it's both. I don't want to do like anything. Both. But that's not fair because that's man-made. They made those cracks. They made you. They but set that's what... you up for failure. But that's what stuff you should know said. They're like even in build, like they, you know, like it's any gaps can signify that you'll just fall between into a different reality. <laughs> Into the Netherlands. Into the it's Netherlands. Like Very stressful. Also, why only mothers? I think the patriarchy. At it again. You your your dad, dad does nothing useful. <laughs> yeah, there are. There's ones about your dads are ridiculous and silly. There are ones about your whole family. But I think we're done with that. I don't want to talk about the Netherlands any longer. <laughs> um, waving at magpies. Water signs believe this the most. D- definitively. I mean it. I swear, every water sign I know is like waving at magpies. Cancers, Pisces, Scorpios. It's a thing. What about your Scorpio boyfriend, Ash? Does he wave at magpies? He doesn't. Well, but maybe you really should get him on board. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's such an ad at the same time. Doesn't really believe in much. Doesn't believe in himself. He doesn't believe in me. Doesn't believe in magpies. I'm like Sean it's that's the magpie And he's like I don't think so I think that's one of those, those Paper creations He's like I don't believe <laughs> I think it's that. one of the pigeons That Reagan brought in <laughs> Birds aren't um, real But I'll ask him um, In general later. I find that Water signs are For some reason Like oh magpies um, Magpies So the reason why Is so sad Magpies mate for life So if it's alone It's lost It's mate that's why I've won for sorrow. Isn't that so sad? Well, that's one of the theories. No, that's There's the reason. I like that one the best, <laughs> so I've decided that's it. Okay. We'll discuss the other reasons later. <laughs> I have the other reasons too. Um, the church. So this is, this is so funny. The church always comes up in this podcast. You genuinely can't escape them. So the church believes a magpie, This is I found this so funny, is the only bird that did not weep when Jesus died. The only bird yes. not <laughs> to enter. Wait, it goes on. They didn't say that just that. The only yeah, bird yeah, not yeah. to enter Noah's Ark. Um, the church started a rumour that magpies carry a drop of the devil's blood in their tongue. What? So is like one of the reasons is I like the magpies mate for life one because obviously I don't stand the church. The other one was the church was like magpies are a vessel of evil. <laughs> it's just I would I'd love to know like why why magpies? Someone like I read something that it was because of the like the coloring that that's where this theory has come from that they're like white and black. So I don't understand first of all news to me that birds mourned the death of Jesus. I would like to argue. What has Jesus ever done for the birds? I don't yes. know. Like, I'm not religious, but it, Jesus was so cool. Like, when you read the Bible, I was going to say that book, <laughs> the Bible, 
But like Jesus was so cool. Like he was like, just imagine if one of your friends is like, you're like, oh, but this friend's coming later. And then he shows up and he's like, oh, you don't got any booze. And he's like, wine for everyone. Like imagine got if people you. were hungry sure. and someone was like, fish for everyone. Imagine, like, does that, but then, does anybody in what the does he do for thing? the birds? I don't know. I just feel like he probably did something. I feel like, like, if you're chronicling your amazing, magical friend in books, you're going to prioritize probably the stories about human beings. Because, like, with the birds, realistically, Jesus would be like, oh, I did this cool thing for the birds. And then they'd go, and it wouldn't be a great story to include. Well, my whole thing with the story is, so they're saying that magpies didn't weep. So they actually trying to tell us that other birds were out there crying over Jesus. I don't think birds can cry. They do. That when they go, that's crying. Maybe they were just talking to each other, and the magpie was like, "I don't got nothing to say, so I'm just gonna shut up." And then they got outed for like they were doing a minute of silence for yeah. Jesus' death, and then they got outed just because they were being quiet. And then the, I like, like the minute of silence. Minute the minute of silence comes from magpies. I like that. <laughs> But yeah, maybe the other well birds are just like, yeah, maybe the other birds are like, this gas, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. So anyway, magpies. magpies are bold and you should say hello to them. Uh, umbrellas indoors is another one we had. I'm going to skip past that because everyone knows the umbrellas indoors thing. Um, this was one that's actually exclusive to me and I probably should have put it at the beginning. Well, not exclusive to me. This is out of my No, but this one is something this that... This is my personal superstition. Only for me, Lucy Bennett. Only, Thank you. Only for me. But this one is li- like not as well known. However, I'm going to explain what this building, the significance of this building, because it keeps showing up in my life. And I think maybe I am a cursed person. But there's a church on the north side of Dublin called the Black Church. Um, and if you go around it three times, anti-clockwise, at midnight, you'll see the devil. Uh, when we were kids, my parents used to just pull out the at midnight to distract us. So my dad worked in the black church. It hasn't been a church in a very long time. My dad worked in the black church. So when we'd be waiting for him, he was a bit of a workaholic. My mum would need to desperately find things that we could do to waste time. So everybody used to, his co-workers and stuff would go, I go around anti-clockwise three times and see the devil. So we would do it for hours. And obviously, even if it's true, it wasn't at the right time. But like we'd be little kids and be like, ooh, and my mum would be like, are you going to do go for the third time? And we'd be like, no, 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 no. And then like in a few <laughs> minutes later, we'd be like, OK, I'm going for the third time, mum. <laughs> but <laughs> it's really funny. Um, later in my career, my first job in my career, guess where I worked? The Black Church. The Black Church. Isn't that kind ooh. of weird? So I ended up working in it. It's a gorgeous building. So I ended up working in it. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, it's stunning. Like, it's really nice. Um, it's just really weird that I'm so connected to that freaking building, you know. Uh, anyway, I haven't seen the, f- the devil. Um, I'm not sure actually why. Because when I was researching it, it's kind of, it's actually a really difficult one. Like they don't, I don't think there's like a specific reason why. Um, I'm just imagining you when you started working there also like going on your lunch break and it's been like, I'm just going around the church anti-clockwise for two times back in a bit. <laughs> Back in a bit. Um, but yeah, it's a good one, I think. I think that area is considered to be a little bit haunty. That black church is considered to be a little bit haunty. Sometimes we'd hear weird noises in the building. Like, it's really old and the crypt. So for a while I worked the in crypt. the crypt. Yeah, for a while I worked in the basement. But then we all started calling it the crypt because we realised that the basement would have just been the crypt. Like, you can lie to yourself and call it the basement. But what you're working <laughs> in is the crypt. 
Uh, so for a while I worked in the crypt, which was absolutely devoid of any sunlight um, because it was a crypt. <laughs> and yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting building anyway. Uh, never seen the devil. think maybe I'll have to try to do it as an adult. It might midnight. be a bit fun. Yeah, let's do it next uh, Halloween. All I'll of come with you. I want to do this. Yeah, let's do it next Halloween. Yeah. And then the yeah. podcast abruptly comes to an end. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're playing with some dangerous shit. <laughs> yeah, you fucking with some bad stuff. Okay, so um, I guess us Irish peeps, uh, peeps. Oh Jesus, why did I say that word? Um, we have a Too lot of superstitions. <laughs> we're very, we're a very superstitious country. Um, so the Irish for superstition yeah. is a pishog. So yeah, as I said, we're a very superstitious nation um, in general. Um, but there's also that phrase, the look of the Irish, that would presume that doing all these superstitions has made us so lucky. If you look back on our history, we are the luckiest nation ever in the world. Um, but apparently, so there's a number of hypotheses and that the probably the most popular belief is that it stems from the golden and silver rush era of North America, when a lot of the richest panhandlers were either Irish or of Irish American descent. So it's not an Irish origin term. We don't really use it here. Um, and so over time, this association of the Irish with mining fortunes led to the expression, look, the Irish. Um, of course, it carried with it a certain tone of derision as to say only by sheer luck as opposed to brains could these fools succeed. Um, because, of course, dumb Irish coming over to escape the rule of Britain were all dumbasses who just drank a lot. Yeah. Of course. Um, so we have a number of traditions and superstitions that uh, we're going to go through. So the number one, uh, a cross on the bread lets the devil out. So soda bread was traditionally a staple of many Irish households as it could be cooked easily from basic cheap ingredients um, in a basketball pot suspended over the home fire with no need for an oven. And so to this day, the person who is baking scores a cross through the top of the bread before baking. Um, the practical reason is to facilitate more even cooking, but the more spiritual interpre- interpretation traditionally was that the cross let the devil out. Um, I have never cooked soda bread, so I've never done this one. I, my mom cooks a lot of bread, but I don't think she does this. Well, she does it for like actual baking purposes, not because the devil is living inside the bread. I think when my mom does soda bread, she usually does it in a loaf shape, which doesn't facilitate the cross as well as the traditional yeah. cir- the circular shape. Yeah. So there's no point. But like, why did they think the devil was in their bread? I just don't understand like devil mythology. They seem to not like, it doesn't add up. It's like the devil will see you outside the church, but he also lives in your bread. And he controls the magpies. <laughs> and he controls and he's on the left of your shoulder. Yeah, like why is he everywhere? The That's the problem. All Irish mythology, whether it was originally about that or not, ended up being about the devil. Mm-hmm. He's just everywhere. I kind of like that it was just purely for baking purposes, like, you know, to facilitate like a more even cooking. And they were like, oh, no one's going to do this if we just give them a practical reasoning. Tell them there's devils in there. And then that's how they'll do it. it no, it was um, like a, a mom. And their kid was like, mommy, why did you do that? And she was like, honestly, fuck off. Today. And she was like, that's <laughs> the devil out. She's like, I'm <laughs> not explaining true. baking to you, you stupid twat. <laughs> <laughs> Probably more likely. There's also um, the fairy forts, which I think are real big mm-hmm. in 
Irish superstition. So uh, basically the term fairy fort refers to a variety of structure remnants found across Ireland that some people believe to be the home of fairies and small people. And it's, if you if you don't know anything about Ireland and the Fae, the two of the Danans and stuff like that, it's very complicated. Um, but basically the belief is like that there are fairies and fairies aren't necessarily good people who are here to help you, but they're their own little mischievous beings. Um, highly fascinating. Would recommend looking into it if you don't already we won't be doing that in this episode but it was very unlucky to uh disturb a fairy fort so there's a lot of those structures that to this day roads were built around them like they've not been like taken down houses haven't been built on them because that superstition is so uh hardened within irish people um archaeologists explain the presence of these circular structures uh, or rats as the mounds and protective enclosures that family groupings made uh, in like the Iron Age to early Christian periods but I think it's the fairies I would agree <laughs> I think it's the fairies yeah I like I it I think it's the fairies I saw recently now there's one so I know this isn't the same recently I saw this but nearly perfect circle of mushrooms on the grass is that the fairies yeah it's a fairy circle do not disturb those I disturbed it I definitely disturbed it I definitely ran in it you idiot. Oh, but if you didn't like, like kick all of it up. No, not on <laughs> It should be fine. Doing? Just if anyone, else if anyone leaves you anything. It. Oh, they're fucked. I know, but it's, it was like the council because it's beside a bus stop, I think. But like, I remember looking at it being like, that's, you know, like when you, you know, when people are like, oh, it's just how nature works instead of explaining it as fairies. But it was such a perfect circle. I was like, nature can't do that. It's definitely the fairies. I used to be terrified when we go like, on holidays um to more like the west of ireland and stuff i, I mean, we'd go like hiking and walks and i was like please no one let me go off myself because i was terrified that i would accidentally do this and then get trapped inside the little fairy ring and then they would kidnap you and then that's it you're gone like these fairies didn't fuck around that was such a thing though but like that used to be what people would say about fairies that they steal children like changelings that's fairies isn't it mm-hmm. yeah you know, so it's a big spooky thing I, like, I wouldn't mind being kidnapped by some fairies. That would kind of brighten up lockdown too. It would. I just like how other places, like in like Disney and stuff, and it's like those cute fairies, and all the Irish are like fucking stay away from those bastards. They yeah. are out to get you. <laughs> avoid, avoid, <laughs> avoid. I have here a story that I think proves the existence of fairies <laughs> definitively. Um. So we have a man in Ireland named Sean Quinn, prick. Uh, was once Ireland's richest man with a fortune oh, of 4.7 like billion. Oh, like Quinn Insurance. Or Super yes. Quinn. Yes. Is he both? Uh, I think... Actually, I'm not sure. I think Super Quinn. Before his huge gamble on Anglo-Irish bank shares. Oh, maybe Quinn Insurance. I don't know. I think oh, he's both. Man. I, think... I know that man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the one who, who tried to run for president. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't work. Um, Because we are smart. Smarter than that, anyway. Um, So, we very, very rich man. And then... Uh, according to locals, so he's from like Cavan, like near the Cavan from Anna uh, border, and he lost like all of his money and was disgraced. And they think it's because twenty years ago, um, insurance empire. Sorry, that's what it says here. So it's it is insurance. He decided to move the I don't know how to pronounce this. I think it's Ogrim Wedge Tomb, which had been there for four thousand years in the townland, uh, and they got rid of it in 1992 because it got in the way of his quarry for Quinn Concrete. Um, and then I think it's in 2011, he like everything just went to shit. And then someone is quoted saying, I'm a big supporter of Sean Quinn because of what he's done for this area, but that tomb should never have been moved. 
There would be a lot of people who would think you could never have any luck after moving an ancient tombstone. And correct. So that's why Sean Quinn was disgraced and lost all of his money because he moved to Ferry Fort in 1992. I wonder if he thinks that now. Like that. Remember what I was saying that people who believe in superstitions tend not to be accountable. Sean Quinn, you get the bang of bang of him probably blaming the Ferry Fort and not going its bad investments, <laughs> don't you? You see what I mean now. I. I wonder what his star sign is. Darby and Aries. I feel like Aries Fuck are the off. type of people. I'm sorry, but if you seem like the type to make loads of money and then lose it. <laughs> no, he's uh, a Sagittarius. Oh, fire sign, though. Oh. I Wait, get no, half a point for fire oh, sign. Oh, yeah. You get zero points for disgracing me. Oh, my God. I honestly, I think I need to excise the fire signs and water signs out of my life. <laughs> Just earth signs and air signs from here on out. What's Biden? Is he a Pisces? He feels That's like a Pisces, doesn't he? <sighs> or a Libra or something. Feels, feels like, like a Libra. Libra. I bet he's a Scorpio or something. And he's probably an Aries. No. Aries end up being, like, there's a lot of Aries in politics because, and Geminis, because that's just the type. Like, Geminis, like, Boris Johnson's about Gemini. Trump's a Gemini, isn't he? Trump. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <gasps> Kanye. He's a Scorpio. Biden's a Scorpio. Oh, no. What's Kamala Harris? Kamala Harris. <laughs> I knew it. Kamala Harris birthday. October 20th. Scorpio. Oh, no. Is that? No, Libra. <gasps> Libra. She's a Libra and he's a Scorpio. She's on. I, I like it. that combination. She's she's that good. She's a co- quite like she's quite a Libra type person. Now, I, by the way, I, I don't stand, but. Yeah. No. Don't stand either of them. Do stand them more than the Pence yeah. Trump combo. Yeah. I know. Like, you can't be like, uh, you know, I think it's. I don't think you can ignore the fact that she's the first Asian, first black and first female VP. Like, yeah. I think that is something we need to celebrate. But at the same time, it's like Leo Varadkar in Ireland is like a gay brown pilot like leader. And we're like, you yeah. well, not at the moment. Although if you ask me, Hal Martin, he'd probably say he is. <laughs> <laughs> um. Mike Pence is also a Gemini. It's, it's honestly Gemini season always in the White House. Ew, so that's double Gem. <laughs> it's like double Gemini. It's double Gemini. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was actually four people between the role of president and vice president <laughs> was ran by four people. It's bad luck in Ireland to count the number of cars behind a hearse on its way to the graveyard because, according to legend, the number of cars following the coffin is the number of years you have left to live. So it's kind of like that movie Countdown where you get an app and it says how long you have left to live except it's a hearse. It's the people behind hearse. <laughs> I'd never heard that one, but I also am a big fan. I like it too. But yeah. the only thing is, I think it's very easily confused because like nowadays, usually there's enough cars on the road that it could just be anyone. So you could be counting for it. You'd be like, geez, I got 30 days left to live. Pass me the cigarette. 30 years left to live. <laughs> Pass those cigarettes and that bourbon. I got a long time to go. You know? Hmm. Yeah. It's not not as foolproof anymore. (laughs) Um, Another really, really supremely Irish thing is the Child of Prague. But it's actually like, it's weird, but it's kind of a superstition, but it's also kind of like a religious thing. It's a very religious superstition. So the Mm -hmm. Child of Prague is this little statue. Who is the Child? It doesn't matter. Who's the Child of Prague? I actually don't know who he is. Do you reckon there... I think he was like a child that miracles had something to do with or something. I thought he was like 
something to, to do with Jesus or something. But I don't think Jesus ever went to Prague. And he <laughs> children, so that's not it. <laughs> I don't think Jesus ever went to Prague. This is one of the, well, you know, we were talking about how in the Bible they couldn't include all of it. So maybe Jesus' trip to Prague just didn't make the cut. <laughs> that's what I'm going with. Uh, you know how people go to Prague and they're like, boys, 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 and they drink loads of cheap beer. Is that what Jesus did? Just him and the magpies, like, together making water into wine. <laughs> Do you reckon it, he was, like, uh, him and all the apostles, and he's, he, like, they step off a plane or a boat. Do they have boats? Yeah, they have boats. They step off the boat. And <laughs> they never didn't have planes. Just, I know they didn't. Um, they step off the boat, and Jesus just goes, lads, and they all go, oi. <laughs> and then it's a blur. <laughs> yeah, like, that was a wild weekend. Anyway, the child of Prague happened because we weren't as careful as we needed to be. Um, this is so offensive to anybody who believes in Christ. <laughs> anyway, so the child of Prague is this little statue and you um, put it outside your gaff, uh, usually in your garden, before the night, bef- the day before a wedding or the night before a wedding. And basically that's supposed to tell God that you need to, that he needs to turn on the good weather um, light switch. Uh, if the head falls off the statue, that doubles your look. That yeah. doubles your look yeah, if the so head falls off. That's why would the head fall? It, it wouldn't this. organically fall off. Someone would need to damage no. that statue. So this is it. So I was looking this up, and it was like, um, apparently, like some, like some families have different ones. So some families say that you have to put it under a hedge because you're not supposed to see the child of Prague or whatever. Some say that's terrifying. Take the head off, right? And then some say the head has to naturally fall off. So apparently in some families, there's a lot of accidental droppings of the child of Prague before they have to put him out for the weather. I'd be there. Yeah, I'd definitely be there giving a little kick. You know what I mean? Like you would. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like my mum, when I was little, my mum used to take my knitting when you'd be doing it in like fifth class and she'd do loads of it. She'd unravel the bad bits and re-knit it for me. So uh, that would be the type of mum I know, isn't that really sweet, but also so controlling. I uh, love her. It's, but like, imagine being like, her knitting isn't good enough. I would do. <laughs> I'll just do it. Um, but I imagine being the type of mum who'd be going outside before like a child's wedding and just like me giving it fucking digs of the head, just like, <coughs> me with like a little saw going. So is it that, so you put the child out to get good weather and if the head falls off, is that like, a good omen for the marriage or is it just good for the weather i think just for the weather like because you're, you're putting them out and you're saying like hey god here's the child put that weather on like it's just like a signal to god to be like eh. interesting but if it falls off i guess you're getting like a scorcher you're getting a heat wave and you maybe you maybe it affects your marriage too i don't know but like i feel like irish families care more about the, the wedding than the marriage <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, history would <laughs> would agree with you there, it, I like, think. Nobody cares if you get divorced these days, so long as you give everyone a big day out. We can't talk about Irish superstitions without talking about the Banshee, um, who isn't specifically Irish, also exists in Wales and in Scotland. And depending on like what country and also what like region of the country, there are slight variants. So we're just going to kind of go through some of the more um, common things about the Banshee. Uh, so the Banshee is a supernatural being in Irish and other Celtic folklore whose mournful keening or wailing, screaming or lamentation at night was believed to foretell the death of a member of the family of the person who heard the spirit. So if you hear the Banshee, you're not going to die, but someone you know in your family is going to die. Um, so not great. 
as it is. Um. <laughs> so I'd rather hear the banshee cry than someone in my family hear it and then I die. I'd just be like, oh, sorry, guys. Oh, yeah. He is going to die, but it's not me. I'm yeah. good. I got the ear. I'm good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm the messenger. Yeah. Don't shoot the messenger. <laughs> it's not me. Um, so the origin of the banshee is like pretty ordinary. Um, so during funerals, a woman would take the role of the keener. Uh, so keener sang, sang sad songs called Queenig, the Irish word for crying at the graveside. Um, good business to be made as a keener. Lots of us were dying. We uh, Like Irish people, we do fucking funerals and wakes well. Mm-hmm. It's one of the best parts of Irish culture, in my you opinion. You translate it to we do um, wakes and funerals drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Both. Um... So the best known ones would always attend the funerals of the biggest and most well-known people. Uh, they were much sought after. For the most powerful families, it was a common belief that the banshee or fairy woman would come to Keen at the grave because fairies, presumably being more talented singers than uh, humans were, um, the Irish phrase then became anglicised over time and uh, stories developed into what we know today. And Keeners were paid often in alcohol. <clears throat> Wonder why? And so often ended up as elderly alcoholic women that were banished from towns and villages. So that also like adds to the myth and to the mystery. Uh, Originally, the thought was that if a banshee appeared to people, then the person that you were going to lose was going to suffer a violent and painful death, such as a murder. In later stories, she would wail outside the door at night, um, usually with wooded areas nearby. And I live, (laughs) I grew up near wood and I distinctly remember being like, I want to hear a banshee (laughs) and just like waiting for it, which now... (laughs) Like, I didn't really make the connection of, like, someone will die. I was like, didn't really fully believe that that would happen, but was like, banshees are real and want to hear them. So depending on who you talk to, they come in different, like, guises. So more often than not, she's a crouching hag with horrible wrinkly face. And some stories, she's a beautiful, uh, ethereal young woman or a stately matron. I always heard of her as being, like, very strikingly beautiful um, and, like, floating through the sky with, like, lots of, like, drapey clothes I think I just wanted to be a banshee yeah. I think that's also <laughs> part of what I was doing. with my man would have told us there was an ugly old woman I, I heard there was a, a crazy like hag with her hair yeah, all, like, yeah, yeah. Ah. yeah because like, if you don't want to go around her if I woke up with and had slept in my hair funny when I was a little kid my man would always be like you look like a banshee <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I guess I guess the crazy hair was always part of the image for me, but it was definitely she was like young, powerful, beautiful, just a little manic maybe in her presentation. We, I think we <laughs> and there's we nothing wrong with that. She's now that you said it like that. <laughs> yeah, and we're better for it, is what I believe. Um, in other stories, she can be referred to as a ghost of a murdered woman or a woman who died in childbirth. And the three typical guises of the Banshee could represent the three aspects of the Celtic goddess of war and death, um, which is... Five. Five Maka? Yeah. Five Maka and the Morrigan. Um, um, So a big thing is that she's got long hair and long silver hair brushing with a comb. Like she's been seen brushing with a comb. So part of the superstition is if you're like walking along the streets and you see a comb on the ground, you shouldn't pick it up because it's probably the Banshee's. Um, so just let's not interact with the person who's like bringing death and the nature of her cry is up for debate depending on where you are so in Leinster it's said to be so shrill that it shatters glass and further north in Tyrone she sounds more like two boards being struck together while in Kerry and I like this one in Kerry her call is low pleasant singing Um, but everyone agrees sort of that whatever it sounds like you can hear it from a distance 
Uh, sometimes you hear it for several nights. So some people have said that they heard her crying for several nights in a row before a death occurred. Or they say they heard her just once on the night of the death. Uh, her cry rises and falls and lasts for at least a few minutes, varying in intensity. Um, so there's been lots of like alleged incidents when banshees cry for people who were in perfect health and then within like a week were found dead from some freak accident. Uh, and that is pretty much the story of the banshee. The reason straight away when you said that she can, you can hear her singing quietly in my head, it was like, Roxanne. <laughs> Roxanne. <laughs> That's the modern day banshee now. I think maybe next year for Halloween, once we do the um spooky black church thing, we also go around to people's houses and do the different types of banshee so everybody thinks everyone's gonna die. I know that's evil, <laughs> but yeah, that'd be, fun. be so much fun. I'll do the Roxanne bit. Roxanne. <laughs> you can do that. Um so I guess it would be pretty Dumb, not to mention um, the main superstition, the superstition that will fall on the day of this release. Um, that's the way to say this. Uh, the number 13 and how it is an unlucky number. So the kind of origin, well, one of the versions of the origins of the supersti- superstition is all about Jesus. So again, we got our friend JC back in here. JC back in the house. He's he's everywhere. He's in all of these superstitions. Jesus um, is Judas... all around you. <laughs> <laughs> Judas was the thirteenth guest at the Last Supper, and then Ju- Jesus was crucified on a Friday. So Friday the thirteenth. But uh, although surprising to no one is that it's actually probably a pagan origin. Um, so fear of the number thirteen, known as I'm gonna fuck this up, but here we go. Triskaidekaphobia. We'll go with that has its origins in Norse mythology. Uh, in a well-known tale, 12 gods were invited to dine at Valhalla, a magnificent banquet hall in Asgard, the city of the gods. Loki, the god of strife and evil, crashed the party, raising the number of attendees to 13. The other gods tried to kick Loki out, and in the struggle that ensued, Baldur, the favourite among them, was killed. So Scandinavian avoidance of 13-member dinner parties and dislike of the number 13 itself spread south to the rest of Europe. And then it was just reinforced by the Christians because they were like, hey, that's kind of cool. Let's take this. But we'll make <laughs> that's it a good, you Yeah, that's a good story. Let's just absolutely rip it off. Like, I didn't know that. Yeah. And yeah, that's what the last supper is. They were like... Yeah, just change a few of the names. And like, imagine the first Bible when the editor got it, and it was like Loki, and they're like, "Oh, you forgot to change this one." And they're like, "Judas." <laughs> <laughs> they're like, "Oh, would, yeah." We could do a whole episode on things that they just took. Like, Jesus's life is almost identical to the god Ra in Egyptian mythology. Just saying. So there are just a bunch of scroungers, the, those Bible writers. Um, but so people have just like kind of kept at this unlucky number 13. So like lots of hotels and buildings just simply scrapped the like level 13 and there's no level 13. Uh, the one Irish one is now they say this is just because they had this in the works for the whole time and it's to like promote the sale of cars. But usually we would have like 11, 12, whatever the last two digits of the year. But once we got to 2013, it was changed to 131 for the first six months of the year and 132 for the last six months of the year. And I just think it's very suspicious that, oh yeah, this was always in the works, but once we get to this unlucky number, that's when we're going to put it in. Like, no, you're doing it because you knew people were superstitious because the Irish are so superstitious. Just wait till we get to the year 2666. What are they going to do then? 
<laughs> they're just gonna be like um it's a leap year it's like as in we leap over the year the it does not exist not happening this year um, very much feels like the year 2666 doesn't it i'm sure if you did yeah. some math or something like if you like added the numbers and divide by something blah 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 you'd end up with 666 somehow i don't know how but there's some fundamental Christian out there that's done that maths. So we can definitely source it. Which <laughs> just scrounged from them. Like they scrounged from other mythologies. Um, that's all of our superstitions. But a few of our uh, lovely listeners have also submitted some of theirs. Um, so a lot of them are the same as ours. You know, saluting magpies, uh, itchy nose. Um, but some of them are some ones I haven't heard before. So um, there's one here from one of our friends who said that the first thing you say on the first of the month is white rabbits, white rabbits, one, two, three. And it's supposed to bring you good luck. Um, but she said that it has never brought her good luck. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it's live. Have you? I never heard Where of that. Is it? Where the fuck does that one come from? I don't know. Someone just really liked rabbits. <laughs> <laughs> and only three of them. Um, we got some other ones about... Um, my granny used to always say that if you keep dropping things, that your period is due. That one's true. And I believe this yes. one. It's, yeah, this is true. Yeah, 100% it, period brain. It really it's a thing. You, yeah. You're ge- genuinely your sense of balance. Every time I've dropped my phone in the toilet during my period. <laughs> and, uh, I guess a lot of people don't get to say things like every time I've dropped my phone in the toilet. <laughs> but like, yeah, or it's my, or it's just before my period. I drop stuff. I turn off. Like I forget to turn off lights. I put things in the fridge. I get that one. That's not a that's not a superstition. That's just a fact. That's just a true. Um, there's also this one. If I hit my elbow, I have to hit whatever I bumped into with the other one and shake my own hands, or I will have an argument with someone. I love that one. <laughs> yeah, that one was so specific. That's like that's going really hard in. Like, mm. I think I might take that one on. <laughs> no, does anyone else feel like they're superstition shopping today? <laughs> yeah, which one do I want? Uh, there's also salt in the corners of a new home to ward off badness and never move into a new home on a Saturday. But that's oh. the most practical day to move into a new home. Saturday is also the only day that you can get married in France. That's so frustrating. What? Hotels are shaking. Well, it's the only day that you can do um, the civil part of the marriage. It's only on Saturdays. And then after that, you could like have... So you could just go get married... A lot of people do the two. They get married and then they go off and they have like a wedding. So that doesn't necessarily have to be on a Saturday. But that's annoying. Like, are the lines not really huge? Why were they like, only Saturdays? No one's getting married in France. Become heathens. Don't do this. We're going to make it as hard for you as possible to actually get married here. Yeah. Some of them are just common sense in general. Like, don't walk under ladders. Obviously, you shouldn't walk under a ladder. Like, duh. Mm. Do you know? Um... Don't open umbrellas and doors. Yeah, because they're big and they'll knock things over. Or hit yeah. people. Yeah, exactly. It's just silly. Um, yeah, those are the kind of key ones. Knife to four, man at the door. Yeah. I'd never heard that before. I hadn't heard it either, but apparently if you... Yeah, and then if you drop a knife, it's like a woman collar. And if you drop a spoon, it's a child collar or something. Or is it the other way around? A fork. A fork is a woman and a spoon is a kid, I think. Yeah, and then oh, the, the knife is the man. But people just yeah. dropping cutlery. It's like, I'd be dropping stuff all the time. I'd be like, oh my God, please, no one come over. Look at the state of me. Like, Ash running over to like her you contour just... kit when she knocks things over. <laughs> 
Or is it just in the COVID lockdown, you're just like chucking stuff on the ground, like, please, someone come see me. Like, knife, I'm so knife, fucking knife, bored. Knife, knife. <laughs> <laughs> please don't take spoon with children. I meant to be the woman one. Fork. Spoon his children. Fork. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> my neighbours are like please stop and you're like not you and then you go back to it so now it's time for our cop on a segment where we just take things that have pissed us off or annoyed us and we tell them to cop on whether they be people or inanimate objects um, my cop on this week is my bean bag it's not even my bean bag I don't like bean bags it's just a bean bag that's in the fucking house and I don't know how but I think it snagged on something and it ripped and I woke up to these little tiny styrofoam balls that are really staticky everywhere earlier this week. And I was like, I have to go to fucking work, but I also have to try and sweep all these up. And you can't really hoover them because they fill up the hoover so quickly. Um, so I'm just still finding these little balls everywhere. And all I'd say is to whoever snagged it or to the beanbag itself, uh, cop on. My cop on is uh, last weekend I went to um, a little outdoor burger restaurant, got a burger ate in a park with them. Um, um, a gentleman caller, uh, my, my my boyfriend, <laughs> a gentleman caller, um, and this man comes up and I think we look really young and I think that's why we kind of attract these people. We don't look really young separately. I think together we look like a teenage, a cool alt teenage couple, um, specifically cool and alt. But this man comes up and he's like, make sure when you enjoy your meal, but make sure you tidy up after yourselves. And straight away I was like, oh my god, fuck off. But like I was just like, yeah, fine, because like you know you don't want to start a fight. Um, and then he was like, really though, like, you just don't want to ruin it for everyone. Just make sure you tidy up after yourselves. And I was like, oh my fucking God. So I'm just like nodding and trying to get this guy to fuck off. And we're like, thank you. Have a nice. I kept going like, thank you. Have a nice evening to be like, stop. <laughs> it's my polite way of saying go away. Um, and he just kept going and it ruined my evening because I am always incredibly considerate about the environment. So I'm really cross. Like I was like. Fuck you. Don't talk to me. You don't have a mask on. Go home, you big prick. Also, who died and made you the person who tells me what to do? I should have told him that straight off the bat. Like, I'm like, actually, I'm very considerate. Now, go fuck yourself, you big prick, and mind your own business. And obviously, your life's very boring. Cop on. My cop on this week is to do with the wonderful American elections. Obviously, it's fantastic that... Biden and Harris are going to be making their way into the White House. Obviously, it's fantastic, specifically for two reasons. One, we're saying no to fascism, or the US saying no to fascism at last. And two, uh, Harris is the first Asian and black woman VP, first woman VP. Um, That's pretty cool. But I think we all need to get a little bit realistic and understand that they're not going to fix everything. The fact that these guys have gotten in and Trump is going out does not mean that the political landscape of America has shifted in any way, shape or form. There's still like a record number of people showed up to vote for both Trump and Biden. Uh, there's a lot of problems. They're just as like, they're not progressive enough. They're not going to do the the big stuff that we need them to do to save the world and to change how America treats specifically people of colour. But it's a step in the right direction. So let's just all be a little bit realistic and stop acting like they're going to save everyone. They're not. Cop on. Truth. <laughs> so anyway, thank you so much for joining us this week. Um, I hope you enjoyed us rambling on about superstitions and our 
little quirky ones that we have that mainly stem from our lovely families. I wonder now if like going into our, when we have our own families, are we going to pass these down as well? Or is like there come a time when you just like become an adult and then get all these weird superstitions? I think I'll make them. So. I think I'll make up my own ones. For, like, you know, like when adults tell kids lies like, oh, no, the ice cream, the ice cream <laughs> van, that's that's to tell you that there, it's out of ice cream. So I think I'll make up loads of superstitions to be like, oh, make sure you brush your teeth first thing in the morning. Otherwise, you they'll all fall out. And like, I think superstitions are more interesting than facts. So if you say it like the fairies will pull all your teeth out if you don't brush them, your kids are going to be like, oh, although in reality, they need to brush their teeth anyway. Like you can make up loads of them. Yeah. You'd be like, if you don't eat your vegetables, the banshee comes and shouts and then I'll die. That's actually a good idea. Also, I'm like currently sleeping with salt underneath my bed <laughs> to ward off things that were annoying me in the night. So like, I'm only amping up. That is my only option. <laughs> it's only one way to go from here. Um, again, thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to follow us on social media, we are on Instagram at the cop on underscore pod. Um, and also you can email us the cop on pod at gmail.com for email purposes only. Uh, again if you would like to rate and review our podcast um, on Apple Podcasts or other places that it's bad luck if you don't them, actually you, it, it is it's, it's yeah, really lucky to rate us five stars and share to all your friends yeah um, the sharing to all your friends means that your family won't die <laughs> that's actually a threat it's not even a superstition <laughs> this is a threat from Lucy now yeah, we'll do, we will kill your family <laughs> Join us next week when we're going on a boys' holiday with Jesus.